<laughs> Very happy <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Comics Universe. My name's Dalton Wires, joined by the whole OG crew. Once again, we got Tom Westfall back after his root canal. How's it going, buddy? It hurts so bad. <laughs> You're making it. You're making it. Alex Brooks in the house. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? And Captain Redbeard. If anybody can guess how many drinks in I'm at this point, I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> Was that the sound of you cracking open another one? Sure was. Do we have to rate these podcasts PG-13 because there's drinking on it? I have to go in there and uh, mark it as explicit now, so thanks a lot. Oh, man. Adult content. Well, now that it's explicit, it's like the Wild West. <laughs> yeah, we can do whatever we want now. It was soda. <laughs> Nobody's going to believe that shit. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, he said a dirty word. Guys, we got to talk about the Two Towers. So this is the first time I ever watched it, and it was awesome. I loved it a lot more than Fellowship of the Ring. I can't believe this is the first time that you watched it. Did you it. just say this is the first time you've ever... Oh yes, Tom, God. leave me alone. Oh my god, Dalton! Just, I feel sorry for you. It's not, it's I mean, not a. St- can you can you really expect anything else? I mean, he's never even seen Back to the Future. Now hold on, which which one is more disappointing? Knowing Dalton and knowing that he is into all of this, and he still has not seen the Two Towers until very recently, or the fact that there's about a hundred thousand '80s movies that he hasn't watched for God knows what reason. Dude, I, I, I gotta tell you, you just you want to smack him and you want to hug him at the same time because you feel so sorry for him. This happens every podcast. I get roasted every day. Smack him with that three foot dildo running down the street. <laughs> like I said, I'm not opening the door. <laughs> oh, you won't have to. I'll chuck that thing. <laughs> He's gonna like tomahawk it through your. Uh, yeah, have you have you seen Ace Ventura? Yes, I have seen Ace Ventura. Okay, imagine that <laughs> in your leg. Oh god! <laughs> oh my god! Are you gonna crawl out of a giant rhinoceros's ass? Yeah, it won't even be me running down the street. It'd be a giant rhino. <laughs> I, I get to your driveway and have to crawl out its ass. <laughs> We are so far off the rails, it's not even funny right now. Okay, let's get back on track. Oh my god. <laughs> Alex has family coming in. Or, no, wait, that was Andrew. Somebody's got family coming in. Yeah, they can wait. <laughs> I got back in the oven. Oh shit, you can't let him burn his dinner. Wait, what are you making at 9 o'clock at night? Pork ribs, son. Mistakes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make some pork ribs tomorrow. I'm still in somebody's pork ribs. Alright, two towers. Let's get on track for a minute at least. And then we can make, we'll can. we probably have a tangent again in a minute. Okay. So this one covers all of the two towers book except for like the first two chapters which were actually included at the end of Fellowship of the Ring for you know just movie purposes. They needed a climax, right? So they moved Boromir's death to the end of Fellowship. Um, Peter Jackson came back for this one once again and... Look at this box office again. They almost hit a billion again, just short nine hundred fifty-one point two million. Uh, so, right there once again, and then ninety-four million dollars of the budget. So, hmm. hella bank there. Looks like Andrew's bank account right now. Yeah, if if 
if they went in and updated CGI, they'd probably hit a billion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was. Uh, I remember looking at this thinking they're going to hit it. They're going to hit it, and they didn't. And I was pretty shocked that they didn't hit a billion. Uh, but yeah, th- this friggin' movie. It's almost three hours long. Bullshit! It's two hundred twenty-six minutes. What did you watch? <laughs> oh, the the extended. Yes, I watched the extended <laughs> after the theater. But oh man, when I watched it, yeah, the theatrical is only one seventy-nine. So the extended edition is forty-seven extra minutes. Yep, it's Good. insane. Good footage too. It it wasn't as oh, much yeah. extra. I couldn't crying. tell you what the differences are because I haven't watched the theatrical. Uh, there's there's a couple, but it wasn't as much yeah, crying was- as what the first one was. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, this is they they used it a lot more efficiently in this one, even though there's so much more of it. Yep. Uh, Howard Shore came back for the soundtrack on this one. Anything stick out to you about this one that was different, Alex, than the other ones? Uh, not that I can recall. I mean, I, Howard Shore really knows what he's doing with the Lord of the Rings. So, I mean, at at this point, I just kind of enjoyed it for what it was and I didn't try and pick it apart too much. Yeah. Helm's deep music. Oh yeah. I've got um I've got a little Easter egg for you here. Um so in the two towers they needed a lot more Yurike. You know, the little orc uh, goblin hybrid or whatever. Uh so they had to hire a lot of extras. So in New Zealand, they're like, okay, so we need anyone that's over six foot tall. We need you to be an extra. But I don't know if you've ever seen people in New Zealand. There's not that many people over six feet tall. <laughs> and so they had to hire some shorter people and make them look taller. And so what they called them instead of Yurikais, they called them Yurik clothes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they called them. On, that's, what they, that's what Peter Jackson started calling them on set. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. I love that. So oh, yeah, man. you're close. That's what he called all the uh, short New Zealanders that helped them with the extras. That's awesome. Well, they definitely work magic with the height differences throughout the uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Uh, so sponsor on this one, we've got the next unknown once again creating the intro outro music uh, for us. Uh, go check them out, Spotify whatever you listen to. Uh, Andrew, have you picked a favorite track yet? No. I need to do that. They're still in your playlist, right? Still in my playlist. Oh, I mean, it's kind of hard to get in my playlist and then get deleted from my playlist. So That's true. I don't think I've like, ever nope. deleted anything from my playlist. That's actually really good. It's like I'm surprised. 5,000 songs in there, so... Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, I didn't actually make the character list. There's a couple of new characters, but I didn't actually think that anything was really needed to be talked about there. So we can just move straight into the plot from here. Oh, yeah. We'll down another drink for it. Ah. Awakening from a dream of Gandalf fighting the Balrog in Moria. Frodo Baggins and Samwise Ganji find themselves lost... Uh, uh, find themselves lost near Mordor and discover they are being tracked by Golem. Yes, it took them that long to figure out they were being tracked by Golem. A former bearer of the One Ring to rule them all. Capturing Golem, Frodo takes pity and allows him to guide them 
reminding Sam that they will need Golem's help to infiltrate Mordor. Aragon, Legolas, and Gimli purchase uh, pursue a band. If they could purchase Orakai, that would... I don't know if that would make the movie better. Uh, per- pursue a band of Orakai to save their companions, Merry and Pippin, who do nothing but get in trouble. Entering the kingdom of Rohan. The Orakai are ambushed by a group of... Rohirrim. Rohirrim. Allowing the hobbits to escape into Fangorn Forest. Uh, Meeting Aragorn's Aragorn's group, the Rohirrim... Oh my gosh. Um, Remind me to change my colors. Uh, The leader, Er... Aomer. Aomer. Explains that he and his men have been exiled by Rohan's king, Theoden, who is being manipulated by Saruman and his servant, Wormtongue. And boy, does he have a tongue. <laughs> 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 Aramir believes Merry and Pippin were killed during the raid, but leaves the group with two horses. Searching for the hobbits in Fangorn, Aragorn's, Aragorn's group encounters Gandalf, who reveals that after his fight against Belrog, he was resurrected as Gandalf the White to help save Middle-earth. Dude, okay, so one of my favorite bits of movie trivia happens in this part, all right? Uh, so if you guys recall, there is a moment where when they first find all the bodies burned and everything, uh, they think that Merry and Pippin are dead. And uh, Aragorn, because he's so frustrated and mad, he kicks a helmet and he f- cries out in frustration and anger and falls down on his knees. Do you guys remember that part? Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about, too. Yep. That was not supposed to happen. He uh, did the kick in frustration, you know, just to, as an acting tool. But the thing is, is that that was a 30 plus pound iron helmet, cast iron, and he broke two of his toes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was sincere, horrible pain. <laughs> so seeing Viggo Mortis and, you know, after you know that, just rewatching it where he just screams out. And hearing it in his voice, you're just like, damn. <laughs> Can you imagine being that prop set guy? He's like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. But that that's one of the things that adds to the movie. The fact that he he's able to follow through after that, and that's the take that they used. Because they yep. they reshot it, what, 30 times at least? And yep. that was the take that they went with? Yep, that is the take they went with. And there's also, and I don't know where that is. Uh, do you recall hearing the thing about the dagger? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the dagger that was thrown? The dagger. Uh, oh, um, from the from the first one, wasn't it? Oh, was it in the first one? See, I couldn't remember I, if it was the first one or this one. I think it was the first one He where he has to deflect it with the sword. I thought yeah. that was the first one. Yeah, he did not. Uh, that was not meant to be thrown. That was a complete accident, and he totally did that out of sheer skill. <laughs> yeah, it he was definitely badass during these movies. Um speaking of at least two of the extended uh edition scenes are in this. Um one that I absolutely hated at the very beginning with uh Sam and, and Frodo where they're climbing down um and he drops the little box and uh he's like, Oh I'll catch it and Frodo goes to catch it and then falls off the cliff. Um He's like, I think I found the bottom. Yeah, he, he finds the bottom, but it's like salt. 
And I was like, that's stupid. <clears throat> um, and then where Sam and Pippin meet um, uh, Gandalf. Um, that was That's in the extended edition only. Or not Sam and Pippin, Merry and Pippin. When, okay, uh, I was confused. For a yeah, when when they were going through the forest and and uh, they meet Gandalf uh, in the forest. That's not shown in the uh, in the theatrical. Yep. Also, this scene housed one of like my favorite lines of the whole damn movie. Where he's I think like, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, they're all arguing about the uh, about eating nothing but maggoty bread. And one of the goblins goes after the after the hobbits, and the urukai like cuts his head off. And he's like, "Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys." Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing too. It it uh, when the uh, urukai meet up with them in the first place, and they were supposed to turn them over, and the urukai were like, "No, we're we're taking them." And it was almost like they tried to give the urukai more personality in the extended. It's like, yeah. I don't really need more personality from the Orkai. Like, they're just war machines. Leave them at that. Right. Alright, so Gandalf leads the trio to Rohan's capital, Adoras, where Gandalf frees the Odin from Saruman's control. Aragorn stops the Odin from executing Wormtongue, who flees. Uh, learning of Saruman's plans to destroy Rohan with the Ur- Urukai army, uh, Theoden ac- evacuates his citizens to the fortress of Helm's Deep. Gandalf then departs to find Eomer and his followers, hoping they will fight to fight for their restored king. Uh, Aragorn befriends Theoden, Theoden's niece, Eowyn. Is it Eowyn or Eowyn? I think it's Eowyn. Don't, don't ask me, because I butcher all of them. Eowyn? <laughs> Eowyn, I think? Eowyn. Yeah, it's Eowyn. Yeah. Okay. Eowyn, who becomes infatuated with him. Uh, and when the refugees traveling to Helm's Deep are, sac- are attacked by Saruman's warg-riding orcs, Aragorn falls from a cliff and is presumed dead. Uh, he is revealed to have survived and rides to Helm's Deep witnessing Saruman's army marching to the fortress. In Rivendell, Arwen is told by her father Elrond that Aragorn will not return. He reminds her that if she remains Middle-earth, she will outlive Aragorn by thousands of years, and she reluctantly departs for Valinor. Valinor? Valinor, yeah. Yeah. Elrond is contacted by Galadriel of Lothorian, who convinces him that the elves should honor their late alliance to men and they dispatch an army of elves to Helm's Deep. First off... So, Alex, you said you didn't like, um... You didn't like Elrond in the previous one. How do you think on this one? Did he fare any better? Uh, I think he fared a little better. Uh, I still think there could have been a better pick for Elrond than Hugo Weaving. Just seeing Hugo Weaving and other stuff, it just doesn't, uh... To me, he doesn't fit the fit the bill you know is he always agent smith to you yeah yeah he will always be agent smith yeah when this movie first came out you know it was pretty much right after the matrix and i had a hard time with it now i kind of accept it but yeah when it first came out i was like "Eh, i couldn't see it Uh, (laughs) 
You're the one, yeah, Neo. <laughs> Will Agent Smith make a return for the fourth Matrix? <clears throat> I don't know. As someone who has actually not watched any of the Matrix, I don't have this. Oh issue. my god! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's just, it. I just, quit. <laughs> go, go, go! Stand in the corner. Go stand in the motherfucking corner. <laughs> You're in timeout. Who's gonna keep us on track if I go stand in the corner? Uh, you know what? It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm great at that job anyway. I'm just saying. <sighs> Speaking of on track. So, do we take Elf Bay or do we take the super pasty lady? Elf Bay. Yeah, it's got to be Elf Bay. <laughs> yeah, just because I want to get I want to get in touch with my father in law if I got with <laughs> Elf Bay. <laughs> is, is it just me or <laughs> is it just me or or is Awen just like super pasty compared to everybody else? I mean, I know I don't yeah, see I the agree. sun, but I think she's been locked in a dark room her entire life looking at her. <laughs> Dude. She does seem a lot more pale. It's her her fragile innocence, but I'd take Elf Bay in a heartbeat. Elf Bay, call me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in Trangorn, Mary and Pippin meet Treebeard, who, by the way, uh, was also was voiced by uh, the actor for Gimli. He did both roles. Yep. Nice. That was actually, yeah. they said, uh, closer to his natural voice. He just went a little lower. Yeah. Hmm. And Treebeard is an ent, which is basically a walking, talking tree. Um, so convinced, they convince Treebeard that they're allies, and they ta- they are taken to an ent council where the ents decide not to take part in the upcoming war. After a very um, long conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's been like hours. They're like, oh, we just now said good morning. What are you talking about? It's like, Jesus. I don't know if they have the same time rules or not, but I mean that's not really discussed, I guess. But. Yeah, I love the uh, I love the reasoning. You don't say anything unless it takes a long time to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Pippin and Mary are obviously frustrated with their decision to not take part in the war. So Pippin kind of reaches into his bag of tricks and actually does something for good for the first time in this entire trilogy so far. After fucking everything up in Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, he asked Treebeard to, be, Treebeard to take them in the direction of Isengard, where they witnessed the deforestation caused by Saruman's war effort. Now, this enrages Treebeard, and the Ents overwhelm Isengard, trapping Saruman in his tower. Because he's a bitch anyway. Aragorn arrives at Helm's Deep and reveals that he's not dead, and Saruman's army is close, to, and Theoden must prepare for battle, despite the overwhelming Orokai numbers. The army of elves from Lothlorien arrives, as does Saruman's army, and a night battle ensues. The Orokai breach the outer wall with explosives and kill the elves' commander, Haldir. The defenders retreat to the keep where Aragorn convinces Theoden to meet with the Orokai in one last charge. At dawn, as the defenders are overwhelmed, Gandalf and Eomer arrive with the Rohirrim winning the battle. The surviving Orokai flee into Fangorn Forest and are killed by the ants, and that's an awesome scene. Gandalf mm-hmm. warns that Sauron will retaliate. Yeah, the, uh, the scene where the ants are just stepping on... On them as they leave, it's awesome. Me and Treebeard would be great friends. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Me and Gimli would be great friends too. I'd also it's a nice like threesome. I'd also oh yeah, bros. <laughs> see, I, I want to <laughs> say I don't remember exactly what Isley was, uh, what she said when we because we just watched this the other day or so. 
And uh, so when he's like, I'm Treebeard, and she's like, hey, it would be you if you were a tree. <laughs> I was like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to point out in this movie, like, Christopher Lee does a decent job of Saruman, but he'll always be like, he'll always be Count Dooku. Count Dooku? Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, uh, I, like I said, I watched Star Wars first, so I always see him as Count Dooku. Was it in, okay, so in the extended edition, uh, was it in, well, I don't want to give anything away if you ever watched the last movie. Have you watched the last movie? Dalton? No. Okay, I'm not going to give it away then. Sometime this week I will watch it. Okay. Okay. First surprise. All four and a half freaking hours of it. it, I'll watch it with you. It's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was actually surprised that most of the extended scenes like did not involve Helm's Deep. Yeah, I I know. I don't remember a uh, extended scene in Helm's Deep. Now, I'm probably wrong because, like I said, I'm many drinks in right now. Um, but I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But if you've never watched the behind-the-scenes stuff of how they made uh, the movie and the fact that they had miniature sets of Helm's Deep and they were blowing that up and, and mm-hmm. adding all that in, like that stuff is, is so great to watch. If you love any bit of that, seeing how they put... You know, two massive armies and and Helm's Deep all in there. I you watch the behind the scenes stuff. It is it's crazy. And here's something you got to think of too. Uh, and I'll, I'll read the next part in just a moment. But uh, you know, this is when CGI was really just taken off. I mean, still, even if it was 2000s, it was still really early. Uh, did you know that in the Just Fellowship alone, every scene that had Gollum in it. Uh, to get all the CGI just right, it took six hours for the computer to process it, each scene. And so what they would do is they would leave it on overnight and come back in the morning hoping that no mistakes happened. But there were some hilarious mistakes. Like in some of them, his hairs would be all straight up. Uh, and one of them, his eyeballs would just float around all continuously for some stupid reason. And it looked horrifying. <laughs> and, we, need to, we need to have a movie full of just that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just outtakes. I'm sure they're out there somewhere. Uh, oh, but man. anyway, so. And I actually read that um, it, also for Treebeard, they're, the rendering there, I read that it took about 24 hours per frame. I imagine for be- because of the uh, the hair, uh, people don't think about hair takes forever. Um, like when uh, Disney did Brave, uh, Meredith's red hair was like uh, what's he, what do you call it? groundbreaking for animation? I actually yeah, have yeah. not seen Brave. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, it's okay. See, so it would be so much faster if they went in and did it. But there's things like Treebeard, I don't think they would have to redo. They'd probably update it a little bit. And there's several other things that they could update and make it better than what it was. But, man, I personally, there's some CGI that's, that's fantastic and you could never tell. Um, like we were talking about, what was it, 1917? And you can't tell on some of that CGI. Um, yeah. But when when you go in and the use of practical effects like blowing up miniature sets and having it blend in with the CGI and, and everything else, I, I just love that so that's that's part of why I love old movies like, like Alien and, and Star Wars movies and, 
and all of yep. that. Bring back more practical effects and less CGI. Yep. So, um, but then we don't get to spill all these millions of dollars. <laughs> so Gollum leads Frodo and Sam through the Dead Marshes to the Black Gate, but recommends that they enter Mordor by another route because uh, obviously with the armies marching in and out of the Black Gate, uh, Frodo and Sam, though buff bros they are, will not fare well. Uh, Frodo <laughs> and Sam are captured by rangers of uh, Ithilien, uh, led by Faramir, brother of the late Boromir, uh, Boromir, if you recall, was the uh, rider who uh, tried to take the ring from Gondor. Uh, he tried to take the ring from Frodo because he was taken over by its madness. Frodo helps uh, Faramir catch Gollum to save him because Faramir was about to kill Gollum because he was uh, in the sacred lake or something. He was fishing in it. Um, and he captured him to save him, uh, to keep him from being killed by the rangers. Uh, learning of the One Ring, Faramir takes his captives to Gondor because he wants to bring the ring to his father, Denethor. Uh, passing, um, he uh, excuse me, passing through the besieged Gondorian city of, and I cannot say this word, Osgiliath. I think Osgiliath. Perfect. There, there we go. Frodo tries to explain to Faramir. <laughs> Frodo tries to explain to Faramir the true nature of the ring that it's evil, and Sam explains to Boromir that uh, uh, explains that Boromir was driven mad and he does it in a very great way. Uh, some people give Sam hate. Dude, I thought the actor himself, I thought he did a fantastic job. I'm sorry. Uh, I like Sam. I like Sam Wise. This is uh, that it drove him mad by its power. He tried to take the ring, which is weird because Boromir was a very, very uh, honorable man up until that point. Uh, Nazgul then uh, nearly captures Frodo who falls under the ring's power and almost gives it to uh, the Nazgul. Um, and uh, then uh, Frodo, once he's saved by Sam, he turns around and he almost stabs his best friend at, right in the throat with a uh, sting. Uh, and then Sam has to remind him that they're fighting for the good that's still left in the earth. And he gives his epic uh, that there's still some good in this world and it's worth fighting for speech that uh, with all the music in the background that everyone loves. Uh, impressed by Frodo's resolve, Faramir releases them, and uh, Gollum, in the moment, he looks like he has kind of a uh, pensive moment where he's thinking about what's going on, and uh, he, Smeagol and Gollum kind of go at it because he's got, uh, what would you call it, associative identity disorder or something at this point. Um he uh, his two personalities are going back and forth at each other and uh, Gollum convinces Smeagol that they need to betray Frodo reclaim the ring by leading the group to her upon arriving at Sirathungal which we don't know who her is but th that's what he was there to be her there undoing Dalton doesn't know who her is actually I do um, only because in the notes uh, it, when I was going through the the translation notes, I, I learned that uh, it was originally in the Two Towers book and it got pushed. So uh, actually, spoiler alert, I found out that it's a big-ass spider. So uh, we'll see. I don't know exactly what happens, but I know that it's a big spider. Yeah, it's, all, yeah, it's like a foot-long spider. A uh, foot-long? Ron yeah. Weasley would shit himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I, this, it, this also had one of the 
It might have been a little earlier um, with the extended scenes that show uh, Boromir and Faramir's dad and just how big of a dick he is to Faramir. Yeah, he's a dish. Like, that that whole scene where Boromir comes back and he's all over here like, oh, my best son, my one son, my only son, the only good thing, and Faramir's like, oh, and he's like, you worthless turd. Like, none of that was in the theatrical. But, I mean, it kind of gives you... A more uh, of a heads up of just how he is because you'll you'll see a little bit more about it later. Um, I don't know that I really liked it. Like I, I, with with the with the extended scenes in this, I almost feel like there was they were adding in more backstory than what was necessary. And when you say there's 47 extra minutes. Like, is it 47 extra minutes of Helm's Deep? Because, I mean, I can get behind that, but like I said, I don't think there was anything extra from the theatrical for Helm's Deep. I guess it kind of explains why uh, Faramir is so insistent upon taking it back to Gondor at the beginning. I mean, because you understand why. If you don't have that, then maybe it's just yeah, that, shrug, shrug your shoulders, I guess. That, yeah. That's one thing that, with knowing how his dad is at that point, then it does shed a little more light how he's like, I will not fail, I I will take it. Um, so, I, I, you know, I can see that. And I do but love then the again, I've watched all of the movies, so... Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, do love his, uh, I do love his quote when the uh, Rangers trying to advise him not to do it. He says, if you let him go, your life's going to be forfeit. And he says, then it is forfeit. Because he knows what the right thing to do is. So, Graps and Grins, I actually didn't have a whole lot to add. I, I love the CGI uh, for the for the uh, incest we were talking about for Treebeard specifically, and I like like the character of an int. I, I don't know why. It just seems really out of place in Lord of the Rings a little bit to me, I guess, because it's just something that I'm not used to seeing because, I guess, Fellowship of the Ring was the only thing I'd ever watched before. But I really like the inclusion of it. It just doesn't seem, in like, I don't know. It just seems out of place to me. Huh. Nobody else gets that. I I find a hard a hard time believing that it's out of place when you have dragons and earth eaters and and an army of bats and everything else that has come before, and it's like ah, ints kind of weird. I don't know. It just feels <laughs> we, weird to me. We had a, a wizard running around with bird shit on his face that's pulled <laughs> by the fastest rabbits in all the land, and it's like uh, ints. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Something just seems off about it. Maybe I'll put a finger on it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Junk Junk Andrew has wisdom, and we all need to listen to him. <laughs> like really, really, of all things, I like I don't know what it is. I don't six, know. My six-year-old loved it. <laughs> That's what I we're loved it. That's what we're gonna question the. Tr- okay, we're gonna not the big flaming eye in the sky. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, that was that was the other thing is is when they're uh, when they're in the marsh and they reach the uh, black gate and it's like oh we got to go a different way they're definitely going through the devil's anus right there that's all I could think about. Right. Thor Ragnarok. The devil's anus. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I didn't know that it was called that when I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would make sense for this movie though if that's 
Well, it'd probably be called something, <laughs> something uh, entirely difficult to pronounce, but... That's very true. And it'd probably rhyme with Sauron or Saruman. <laughs> Leold Sarumanoman's anus. Like, oh man. Alright, jumping into the translation. What we got here? We have... Uh, Jackson's The Two Towers differs from Tolkien's in several important ways. Uh, Arwen does not appear in the second book at all, uh, only in the movie. Interviews with Jackson and the other writers in the extended DVD version of the movie make it clear that they were fully aware of the implications of these changes in terms of the original story, and they chose to make them not out of ignorance, but in order to make the story work better in terms of motion picture storytelling. Which that's what a lot of people don't understand, is like, when you go from go from book storytelling to motion picture storytelling, you can't just take that and throw it on a screen. It doesn't work right. You have to kind of manipulate it to where it it flows better. Right. Uh, notably, the meaning of the, ta- uh, the title itself, The Two Towers, has been changed. Uh, Tolkien considered many possible combinations, but eventually settled on Orthanc and Minas Margul being The Two Towers. However, in Jackson's movie, Saruman instead names them as Orthonk and Baradur, which is also reflected in the movie poster. I kind of like. I'm the, actually uh, not sure what kind of significance that holds. I, I I don't know. I do like the. I do like the Tolkien names better, though. Yeah, I would agree. So, in addition to the story changes, there's actually some characters that are presented somewhat differently than the book counterparts as well. So, Faramir being one of them, uh, he requires a lot more convincing to let Sam and Frodo continue on their quest. Now, in the book, he immediately recognizes the the wisdom of permitting them to leave freely and is shown as being like a much more flawed character uh, than in the book. Nonetheless, he's one who's still capable of wisdom. So, that's a little bit of a change, not huge um, Treebeard, who is the chief of the Ents, is unaware of what's happening on the borders of his forest and has to be tricked into attacking Isengard. In the theatrical release, he's actually uh, not seen sending the Hewerns to Helm's Deep, but he does so in the extended version. Um, and continuing a trend from the first movie, Elrond, who does not appear in this book at all, is much more protective of Arwen and is almost antagonistic toward Aragorn. And uh, the Thingol portrayal uh, and the stereotypical father-daughter theme are both apparent here. Um, King Theoden's reaction upon learning of Grima's treachery differs hugely from the novel. So in the book, he offers Wormtongue a chance to redeem himself by riding to war with the Rohirrim. Uh, but in the film, he's pretty much just pissed off and tries to execute him in front of the entire town. <laughs> he has to be stopped. Now, Theoden's attitude towards the coming conflict is also presented differently in Jackson's film. So in the novel, Theoden chooses to ride to war and only goes to Helm's Deep in order to assist Urkenbrand's forces which had been dealt a defeat by Saruman's armies. Now, in the film, he opts to avoid open confrontation and treats Helm's Deep as a shelter for the civilian population of Rohan. Only the ensuing orc siege forces him into battle. Um, and then the king's self-doubt is greatly magnified in the film in order to provide him with like a, a character arc, as was done with Faramir as well. Lots of changes, nothing too crazy, though. Yeah, I think a lot of these can be summed up. You know, where was that one about Faramir? Uh, that you talked about like with that extended scene it gives a little bit deeper of a look into it versus the the book where he's just like yeah go 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it works. Um, two important events from Tolkien's The Two Towers did not make it into the film, but were held over for the next one. Uh, Gandalf and Saruman's confrontation at Isengard. Uh, this was originally intended to appear at the beginning of Return of the King, but a late decision by Jackson meant that this scene was not part of the theatrical version, though it has since been included in the extended cut. Uh, Sam and Frodo's encounter with the monstrous uh, Shelob. Uh, this is foreshadowed by Gollum's line, we could let her do it. Um, her lair is featured prominently in the third film, so spoiler, spoiler alert for you, Dalton. There's some yep. big-ass spiders. Mm-hmm. And they are they are, anything like the ones we saw in uh, the Hobbit? Much. I think I, I think these are creepier. I don't know. I, see now, I kept I kept thinking that they were kind of the same spiders, but mm-hmm. I it's been so long since I've read the books, and and I'm sure that they're not the same set of spiders or any of that. I'm not certain because the I don't know. I'd have to go back. And look at it because the ones in the uh, the ones that were they were just part of the forest weren't they uh, but these are part of the mountains and so they're different breeds I think they're larger I'm not sure I'd have to look at that it that would make sense yeah there are some pretty neat uh, easter eggs as well in this movie um, I mean besides the one where <laughs> uh, Viggo Mortensen breaks his toes um, there is a part where, uh, oh, so Helm's Deep, the battle took so long. Just a second. I've got a audio in my ear. Can you hear me? Yeah. That was an ad or something that played on another page and it wouldn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. There we go. Okay, so anyway. Uh, so the Helm's Deep, the battle was so extremely complicated and so long to film that they gave all the extras t-shirts that said, I survived Helm's Deep. Man. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Um, yep. And um, Bernard Hill, he's the guy that plays uh, Theoden, the king of Rohan. Rohan. Um, when he was uh, younger, he met a woman uh, who shared a really like sad story about one of her children passing away, and she said to him, "You know, no parent should have to bury their child." And that moment stuck stuck with him so much that he actually requested that line to be put in the film. So when he is finally brought out of his Saruman's control, um, and Gandalf frees him, uh, and he says that line, that is that was his line. That wasn't. You know anything that Tolkien put in there, or anything that Jackson put in there. That's pretty neat. Yep. Uh, another thing, uh, Shadowfax. You know the uh, white horse, Gandalf's white horse that he gets when he gets turns into Gandalf the White. Uh, yeah. th- they actually shot that in one take, uh, where uh, he whistles for him and he just gallops right up to him. Just happened. Just like that. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was on this webpage reading about it, and the guy says, this is just proof that certain Ian McKellen is indeed a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. So, um, And did you know that uh, Viggo Mortensen, did you know that he bought uh, Brego, his horse, from the movie? I didn't. 
Yeah, he loved him so much that he, uh, when everything was done, he bought him. He still has him on his ranch. Uh, and uh, he was in an interview, and he says, "Well, I had to thank him for saving me from the warg, from the river and the vine." Uh, did you know that uh, after Boromir's death, that Aragon is uh, wearing his wrist guards? Uh, someone told me that, and I didn't. Uh, it, it was years before I saw it. They said you need to look at this, and yeah, he's totally, he puts them on and he wears them in the movie. Yeah, there, there's another another thing, but we can we can talk about that next one where like he's honoring people before him and uh, wearing some of their stuff, and and he's wearing uh, Boromir's wrist guards. He takes them after after his death. All these cool Easter eggs, Tom. We I don't know what we've been doing without you. <laughs> Probably you know factual thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's a little harder to to go in with Easter eggs on these because it's like we did all the Easter eggs for the Marvel movies, and there's so much behind behind those. But then when you compare it with this, it's I mean it's been forever since I've read the books, um, and it's not like you can go in and be like, hey, this was a reference to this TV show or you know Spider Man. I know who makes an appearance in the uh, third movie in uh, in the lair. You can see him in the back corner over here shooting his web. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> uh, Peter Jackson has made a, a yet another um, appearance in the movie. Uh, he's one of the one of the many people uh, on the wall at Helm's Deep. Mm-hmm. So, I think it would be cool to be to go in and be like, you know, hey, I'm directing this movie, and then. Going like you know what? Screw it! I'm in this movie. Let's go. <laughs> so um, there's uh, one more Easter egg. So Andy Serkis that plays Gollum. Um, number one, Fantastic. he wasn't even. Yeah, do you know that he wasn't even supposed to play Gollum? He was supposed to just do the voice, and he came in and when he that, yeah. yeah yeah when he came in he was doing the audition and he started doing like the, the facial you know expressions and kind of moving around. Peter Jackson saw him and he's like, dude, that's Gollum. <laughs> and so he hired him right there, and uh, so they got him to do all the, yeah, you know, uh, what do you call it? Motion capture. capture. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's a scene where um, Gollum has captured some rabbits, and uh, he's about to break them up raw for them to eat. And Sam's like, "Heck no!" So he cooks them, and while he cooks them, Gollum's freaking out, saying that he's just ruined his food, and he's ticked off. And through it all, uh, he spits. And when he does, that's actually Andy Serkis's own spit flying through the air uh, that captured it on camera. And Serkis has said that this was his favorite scene in the whole trilogy. (laughs) 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 When he got the spit on screen. Wow. (laughs) That's some impressive spitting. Yep. Now, they had to record all of Golem's scenes, what, three times? Uh, Quite a bit, yeah, because they had to get it from different angles. Because they so, they did with uh, with Andy Circus and then they recorded it without Andy Circus and then they went in and and did their movie magic on all of it. But man, that's a lot yep. of work. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. I just wonder, like you're saying, if they were to redo it, like if they completely redid it, like with today's technology, I wonder how long it would take them. I wonder how much easier it would be. Oh, it'd be a lot easier, but. You know, oh, yeah. there, there would probably be other things that they added in. Yep. 
Guys, anything else before we uh, wrap it up here? Can't wait to get into this third one. Oh, me too. I'm excited to watch it, actually. I really enjoyed the second one a lot more than the first one. I was The first one is just average to me. There's nothing like that sticks out and awesome to me. I like these a lot better than I like The Hobbit. I like The Fellowship a lot better than I like the entire Hobbit series. I, th- I definitely disagree there. I think the two towers might be my favorite out of the three, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that judgment until after I watch Return of the King because there, there's a lot that goes on. But I, two towers, it's just setting up to to Helm's Deep. Like man, that that scene, the music, all of it, I just absolutely love that. In the middle of the night, that. with the rain, facing down, to, I don't even remember how many Orkai there were, knowing that, hey, this is certain death. Gotta love it, man. We're gonna be moving forward to the next one uh, next week. And then, Tom, are you and I, are we gonna be able to record uh, an episode of The Last of Us 2 this week? Uh, yeah, I think so. You mean like, because this week ends tonight. When do you mean? <laughs> I mean like for next week's upload. Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. Cool, cool, cool. So we'll do that. And then, Andrew, is it set in stone you're going to be doing Deadpool or maybe switch it up? Uh, we'll, uh, I'm going to work some magic. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, Deadpool will be coming to you recorded Wednesday. Sweet. Well, we've got this week laid out. Uh, we got appreciate you guys listening to us. Um, as always, go find us on social media. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if there's anything specific you want to hear. I think after we do Return of the King, I don't think I've told you this yet, Andrew. We're gonna do our um, our like top twelve movies of all time, oh, and just come in here, no notes, and talk about them. And I'm probably not having seen any of them. I'm gonna get blasted, but oh, we're gonna do it anyway. man, that's <laughs> I need to start a year ago to figure out my top twelve. <laughs> you better get on it because you got another week. Oh, uh, that's difficult. <laughs> and you know then we'll what? Jump into Harry Potter after that. You know, I was none of that those maybe... make my top twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that maybe we should do another section uh, called "Dodge the Bullet," <laughs> and uh, just to give you an idea on what that would be like, uh, do you know who was originally supposed to play Aragorn in these movies? I don't. Okay, this actor was supposed to play Aragorn, but had to pass it up due to familial obligations that they had. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Oh, what? thank God, he did it. <laughs> yeah, he almost, he almost played Cage. Superman, too. That's a couple of bullets we've dodged there. I know, right? And which Superman can dodge bullets. So. <laughs> Very true. Nick Cage's Superman would not have been able to dodge bullets, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So yeah, we do- we dodged a bullet there. I just don't like Nick Cage in anything. No, I can't really think of anything I've actually enjoyed him in. I mean, I liked him in The Rock, but that was just because that was that character was kind of Nick Cage to me. Uh, I I can't think of anything off the. I I keep thinking of like Con Air, but it's I just don't like Nick Cage that much. He's just two out there. All right, guys. We're going to wrap this up. We'll catch you guys next time. 